Instant reaction after Iowa rolls in their game against UMBC. We talk about the game and concerns, even in a 20-point blowout victory. Plus, it was football signing day today, and we get the recruiting update from Kirk Ferentz and Tyler Barnes, a breakdown of the press conference, all today, Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Well, it was just a couple days later, but another opportunity to hear from Kirk Ferentz in the signing day press conference for Iowa football and now getting ready for the departure next week to Florida and getting ready for the matchup in the Citrus Bowl against Tennessee. But the 21 players that signed on the dotted line faxed in yeah, they still use fax machines, I believe, in some instances to get that ne- uh, national letter of intent into the football offices. And Iowa is good to go. Yesterday, if you missed it, every day as you heard this one, Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report has been in the recruiting world now for going on two decades and has done a great job, obviously, with his website and what he's been able to do now with On3 Media. Uh, really dove into each and every one of the individual prospects. We ran through them all and talked at a pretty deep level and obviously a guy that knows very well the recruiting world in Tom Caker. So make sure to check that one out from yesterday if you didn't have an opportunity. A few things, though, that came out of the press conference, and we start first uh, on the football side of things with what Kirk Ferentz said before they got into the recruiting. And one of the first things that he talked about was the reports that were out there last week or his words from earlier in the week about, three guys that he talked to on the phone and Kirk wanted to make it very well known that he had not interviewed three candidates. He had made three phone calls and it struck me as a bit odd. I mean, we're talking semantics at this point in time, right? We're not talking about anything that matters in the grand scheme of things, but what did that say? Did that say that Kirk Ferentz is more than willing to talk to more people? Is there going to be a true hiring process that they're going to be going through once they get through the bowl game? Is it going to be more interviews that are going to be happening at that point in time? Have there been any interviews at all? And the way that Kirk made it sound is that's not the case. Uh, Threw a little bit of cold water on Paul Chris as he talked about a former sitting Big Ten coach and those kind of things. So those are out there, and it just struck me as a little bit odd what Kirk had to say about that on that front. Uh, the terminology that he was using, the way that he was talking through things, uh, a little bit different in his opening statement. Uh, he said, quote this, for the record, I said I made three phone calls. I never said I talked to three candidates. Three phone calls regarding this whole process. Then the other thing, just for clarification, it sounds like there's some speculation. I was not referencing anybody that has been a head coach in the Big Ten. I was actually referencing a coordinator that's come into our conference sometime in the last decade, unquote. So that was from Kirk earlier. 
maybe uh, changing the narrative and the perspective of that one. Look, when we've talked about the candidates, we've talked about Joe Philbin, we've talked about Paul Chris, we've talked about Andy Ludwig, we've talked about guys like that going off the board a little bit more. Uh, we talked about Luan from South Dakota State, a Drinkle from Army. We, we've been all over the place, and we've thrown out a bunch of different names. My takeaway and my hope is it is just that. That Kirk Ferentz is more than willing to open up the candidate pool to just the Binkies, right? The nice warm blanket that he can wrap himself around. Not thinking outside the box. Now, I don't believe that Iowa needs to think outside the box in terms of what they're doing offensively. Iowa and what they do can be very effective. And with an elite level defense and with a very good special teams pretty much year in and year out, though the kicking game did struggle, obviously, this year, as we saw as the season progressed. Even with that being said, you're left at a point where this offense, if it just can become adequate, you can keep stacking up wins. I was had a lot of success over the last half decade. What, what have they been with an above average offense, a, a top 40 type of offense? Something that has happened to Iowa under Kirk Ferentz. It has happened a few different times that they've had an offense that good, top 40, top 50 level. It can happen. Now, Kirk, I think, has to be more willing to change some of the things that he wanted to do, but it happened this season. You know, for the people out there that believe that Kirk Ferentz is not willing to change, not willing to adapt, I don't know what you've been watching over the last 25 years. Are there tried and true parts of his program? Absolutely. But you saw it this year in the running game. Outside zone is a huge component of what they've done for the better part of 24 years. And they evolved past that. They evolved past it. Now, you could argue it took too long, and I've argued that point, to get to this point where we see more inside zone plays. We see more hat-on-hat blocking. We see a lot more of the ISOs and the kind of plays that work in today's day and age because outside zone just doesn't work. With the inability to cut back on the outside guy, be it an outside backer or a defense alignment, it just doesn't work at the level that it once did. And they evolved past that this season. Now, the next evolution has to happen in what they do in the passing game and getting back to some of the tenants that they had in the Ken O'Keefe era. That was a lot more slants. That was a lot more post routes. That was a lot more in the middle of the field and not being completely dependent on the tight end position. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't want to go to a spot where you're taking away what you are best at, and that's certainly developing tight ends at that level. But you need to be able to use the middle of the field and not the middle of the field for a four-yard game. The middle of the field to make plays and to get that defense out of the box just a little bit more and give your run game then an opportunity to flourish. That's what we have. Uh, some takeaways there from Kirk Ferentz in the press conference. Kirk uh, talked about the players. We also got to hear from Tyler Barnes. We're going to get into his comments here a little bit more. Uh, one other note. Uh, there's been some rumblings out there. Brian Ferentz, you know, how much work is he putting in here as he is counting down the days to the end of his career with the Iowa Hawkeyes. And Kirk was very quick to point out that he's been there. He's been putting the work in. He's a guy that obviously the Iowa football program means a whole lot. I, I thought it was petty the way that he wore the black sweatshirt over the last few regular season games after his firing. It didn't have the Hawkeye emblem on it, but it's a small footnote in well, a very frustrating seven years as him as the offensive coordinator. Still, he's out there. I'm sure he's applying for jobs. He's looking around to see what else is out there. But to be there, to be invested in the program, 
there's something to be said uh, about that. We're going to talk about Tyler Barnes. We're also going to talk some basketball here as Iowa got a win to, uh, last night against UMBC. We're going to talk about the matchup, some good. Brock Harding, he was excellent in the game and showing what makes you very intrigued by the freshman point guard. We also got to see some good performances by some of the veterans and a pissed off Brian McCaffrey after the game, talking to Jess Settles on the Big Ten Network call for that one. I was a little frustrated with Fran's comments. We'll get into those as well. More football recruiting as we continue, plus instant reaction on basketball all coming up as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I talk about it a lot. I have used LinkedIn Jobs for me and my small business. Incredibly simple, easy to use. It is something that, most importantly, finds great candidates for you and does it very quickly Ease is important, and doing it quick when you're running a small business, no doubt, that is a huge component. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, they do apply. Trent kind of back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Tyler Barnes, he is the recruiting director, and I think a couple of very interesting parts uh, that came out of this one. We've been clamoring, what's going to happen in the transfer portal? What's Iowa going to do? After a year ago, I think surprising a lot of people, myself included, how active Iowa was in the portal. It wasn't just Cade McNamara. The ability to go out there and bring in a starting linebacker in Nick Jackson. They tried on the offensive line. They brought in Rusty Feth, who eventually became a starter inside at one of the guard positions. They tried Dejon Parker. Didn't work for him as he was saddled with an injury going back to spring practice and just was never able to get out there on the field this season. Of course, they went out and got maybe one of the most bright stars of the future of Iowa football on the offensive side, and that is Caleb Brown. And we finally saw his emergence come November and the excitement level definitely for him. They went out there and they tried. They did a whole lot. Well, it's a simple numbers crunch right now. As we've talked about here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, the numbers aren't there. You have to be down to 85 scholarships. By the time they get to August next year, they got to be down to 85. And Tyler Barnes said today that more than anything, he is not looking at the transfer portal. He's looking at his own guys. So we're going to be going into the final season of guys with eligibility and the COVID year. The COVID year of 2020, where a bonus year of eligibility was given to all the prospects. Now, most of those guys have moved on, but there are still a few that went through that season that still have another year of eligibility coming up this year, including a few of the guys that we're going to be talking about. But he mentioned six guys that he is still really targeting at this point in the Iowa program to come back for another season. We saw Nick DeYoung, the backup offensive lineman. He's going to come back for his bonus six year of eligibility. He's a guy that's versatile, you know, can help you out inside, outside, 
I don't think you want him as a starter next year. I think something's gone terribly wrong. If we go into another year of Nick DeYoung, we've seen that I don't even think adequate's the right word. He's in a blow average offensive lineman, but he's a body and a guy with some experience. And if it gets to that point and if injuries hit again on the offensive line, you at least can turn to a guy that has shown that he has experience in the Big Ten. And when he's playing at a high level, maybe he can be average for you. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for. One other note, speaking of the offensive line, depth chart came out a couple of days ago. And with it, Logan Jones was not listed. Of course, didn't play in the Big Ten championship game. We saw Tyler Ellsbury after Logan Jones uh, got banged up towards the end of the season come in. I thought Ellsbury was the superior center. At times, it almost feels like they're trying to Hey, it worked with Tyler Linderbaum, right? Let's, let's make it work again, moving the defensive lineman over to offensive line, having him play center. Linderbaum, dude was a stud. I mean, he was just one of one. You don't get guys like that that are going to come around very often. His ability to come off the ball, play through the whistle, play through the echo with the whistle. He had everything. Versatility, athleticism, power, speed, you name it, he had it at the center position. We go back to 2022, and you saw in that first year, getting thrust in there, Logan Jones, he was certainly not Tyler Linderbaum, but not only do you have a guy that was learning, a guy that was playing a new position, but also making all the calls and all the reads that you have to as a center in the Iowa system. But then he also had that weird thing with the snap, right? And how many delayed snaps there were throughout the course of the season. Now that clean got cleaned up this year and you saw moments for Logan Jones, but it still hasn't hit, I think, at the level that I certainly was anticipating that it was going to hit at. And that's what you're left with here. Ellsbury's come in, and both times that he has come in now over the last couple of years, I've been impressed. Look, I'm not a offensive line guru. I'm not somebody that's sitting there watching the All-22 and being able to evaluate what makes one guy better than the other. It's just an eyeball test. And my eyeballs told me that Ellsbury was the superior guy to Logan Jones again this year. If they go into next season with those two guys competing again for the center job, I would be on the Ellsbury camp, and he would be the guy that I'd want to see it. And maybe Logan Jones, take take some of the things that you need to know off his plate at the center position. Just let him go out there. He's a great athlete. He's a guy that can move. He's got power. He has the things that you want. Maybe just being a guard would be better for him uh, going forward. There's going to be a lot of veterans coming back next year in that offensive line. But uh, back to what we talked about in the six players uh, that were talked about by Tyler Bounds. Now, he did not mention who those six guys were, right? We didn't get to hear who the six, because you can speculate and there's some different names that are out there. Cooper DeGene is one of them. They're not going to find the same kind of money that he'll get as an NFL first-round pick to come back for another season of Iowa, nor I don't think you would want to, because there are still limited funds to the Swarm Collective and donate to the Swarm Collective. That's how you're going to help things out and help these guys around. Money makes the world go round, and that's the new reality in college athletics. Hate it, love it, doesn't matter. It's what reality is. Cooper DeGene, I'm certain, is one of those guys. Jay Higgins, and he's been talked about a bunch. Jay Higgins talked earlier in the week uh, in the press conferences over in Iowa City as they had the opportunity, the beat reporters, to talk to all the All-Americans, the four All-Americans from this past season. Uh, one of the things I loved about Jay, too, is he said he had to ask his dad, uh, called him Hawk, 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 because that's what old Pops does on uh, social media, on Twitter, and got a kick out of that one. Higgins, though, will another year of good football improve his NFL stock? I'm not so sure, but also a guy that you know is going to be somewhere between a fourth and sixth round pick. It's tough to make a 53-man roster, and the money 
for something like that. Well, if you don't make a roster, obviously it'd be better to come back to Iowa for another season. And what they do at tight end, Luke Lachey, leading towards going, leading towards coming back, whatever it is. Does that also translate into something with Eric Hall? If Lachey decides to leave, do they try to reemerge with all again and get him to try to come back for another season? Sebastian Castro, another guy that we've talked about a ton. He's in there. How about Jamar Harris? He comes back for another year. I mean, what a godsend that would be. And certainly if Cooper DeGene departed, uh, you took a look at Quinn Schulte. Uh, Quinn Schulte had kind of a quiet year for him. That's okay. In the free safety position, you have a guy that's having a quiet year, doing everything right in the defense, playing at the level that they did, certainly in the back half of the year, uh, you'll take a guy like Quinn Schulte. Nick Jackson, uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Nick Jackson, his final season at Virginia a year ago, if you forgot the story, it's just absolutely sickening what happened to his teammates. There was a shooting on a bus. Uh, many of his teammates were involved in that one, just absolutely trying lost lives, and they did not play the final, I believe it was three games of their season. There was some some talk out there that perhaps the players on that Virginia team from a year ago would get another year of eligibility because of that, because of circumstances, and maybe he'd be eligible to come back for another season. Kyler Fisher, another guy in that linebacker group, maybe could come back for another year. So those are some of the names. Again, Tyler Barnes did not mention any of them specifically, but uh, something to keep an eye on there. He did mention Reese Dakin, the pump punter from Australia, as they go back to Pro Kick Australia and get another one after four years ago, bringing in Tory Taylor. Remember him putting for the first time. First time seeing well, an American football game was the one that he played in and with nobody in the stands as they played, what, over at Purdue to open up that just incredibly odd 2020 season looking back upon it and what it was. But now they bring in Dakin, guy that... Punting, I don't know. You watch a guy punt. What is he like under duress? Who knows? But people that do know punting, you know, guys you know, that have been involved in the special teams, and it, you listen to what uh, what Tyler says with walked-up walk-ons and, and things like that. Yeah, they say he's good. Okay, great. I, I'm happy to see this lineage continue with the Australian punters and get another good one there. Uh, he did say, though, that though he just officially committed or at least made it known on social media here over the last couple of days, that this is something that's been in the works for a long time, and he's basically been committed for the last four months. So they've had this class done for a long time. We've talked here because of my relationship about Brevin Dahl a whole lot. Thought it was cool also hearing a little bit more about Xavier Williams and also made my ears perk up a little bit listening to Tyler Barnes talk about him because the guy that he used as a cop right away is our dude. That's right. LaShawn Daniels is the guy that he threw up. LaShawn early on showing up just looking like a big guy already and that's what you're going to get with Xavier Williams. So when we have LaShawn on the program coming up tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about that, that cop. Big kid already. 5'11", 230 pounds. You know, he's going to add a little bit of good weight there. He's going to be the, the power back, Brevendahl. He'll be the speed guy out there. going to be fun, those two guys together. I know they have a really good relationship uh, going forward. Lots of good stuff there. Again, we talked a lot more in-depth about each of the prospects uh, as we talked yesterday with Tom Kaker from Hawkeye Report. Make sure to go back and check that one out. We continue here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, and we continue with basketball, it was a win, a better than 20-point win for the Iowa men's basketball team, but it didn't come out without some warts. We'll do that as we continue talking hoops since the reaction. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Well, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. Don't have to worry about the point spread. Take a big favorite. If they win, just win the game. That's 150 bucks into your account. 150 bucks if your team wins. It's as simple as that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, this is the time to get in on the action. Of course, we have the NFL going. NBA, NHL, college hoops, and we continue the bowl games and some big ones coming up. The app is super easy to use. A wide range of betting options, the point spreads, the over-unders. They got player props, same game parlays, build a big parlay, and hit a big for yourself and the futures market, something I love in the deep menu that they have at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to continue what's been a great NFL season. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Trent Connor back with you one final time here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Let's wrap it up with a little hoops talk as Iowa gets the win against UMBC. They go over the 100-point threshold for the third game so far this season. 103-81 the final in this one. Early on, there was trouble as Iowa couldn't get a stop defensively. We uh, see a young man, Deion Brown, going off, hitting everything. The team as a whole hitting everything. Iowa down with about seven minutes to play in the first half. Uh, they trailed by as many as five in the game. We're down four. And then finally, Iowa caught fire. It was a bad environment. The Carver Hawkeye Arena crowd for men's basketball has been brutal this year. As bad as it's ever been. As bad as it's been going back to even Todd Licklider when things were so dire and so ugly and a brutal style of basketball to watch. It wasn't this bad. I announced attendance obviously is different than actual butts in the seats. The announced attendance was 8,357. Basically half full. No. That thing, there might have been 5,000 people in the building. Uh, looking around, talking to some people that were in attendance at Carver last night. It was not a great scene. And they needed to generate a little bit of their own offense. Now, they did do that, and they got going. They got going with Tony Perkins. So I've been steadfast in my belief that they need a point guard on the floor. Though Tony Perkins, since he's taken over the duties here over the last couple of games, had seven assists last night, had seven assists in Des Moines against Florida A&M. But again, remember the opponents. You might remember UMBC six years ago beating Virginia as a 16 seed, becoming the first ever 16 seed to beat a number one. This is not the same team. This is not the same program uh, that they were six years ago. This team's bad. And you saw it in this game. Iowa didn't shoot the ball from the outside incredibly well. Uh, that's something that still remains concerning. I thought this team was going to be better shooting the basketball from the outside. Has not translated. Just 6 of 23. Yet Iowa got the ball into the paint. Scored at will inside. Out-rebound UMBC 41-33. But the biggest number, how about this? 33 assists. In 42 made baskets, one off an all-time record for assists in a game. That's what this offense and the motion offense can do. And you saw everybody getting involved in different ways. We did not get to see Lajay Dembele 
as he is sitting out with an injury. They have nine days off now, or eight days now, as we uh, talk to you here on a Thursday, eight days before they play again. It'll be December 29th against Northern Illinois. And that'll wrap up the non-conference schedule uh, with that game. But didn't get to see him. He's got a little bit more time uh, banged up at this point. Didn't sound like anything overly concerning, but we didn't see him. And with some of those foul troubles in the first half for Owen Freeman, he gets the two fouls, meaning the auto benching overall. Owen Freeman just plays 14 minutes of the game. It eventually led us to seeing a little bit more of a smaller lineup, which I was fine with. Bowen wasn't great when he came in there, but it was the Brock Harding show. And this young man, we talk about him on the offensive end of the floor. He's dynamic. He's fun. He's flashy. He is a guy that's going to be despised, I'm sure, by a lot of programs in the Big Ten because you just see this little dude out there doing the things that he does with the basketball and some of the passes that he can make. And you say, wow, against bigger point guards, against more difficult defensive opponents, it is going to be different for him, but he still definitely has a role and he's going to be a piece going forward of what this program was. Uh, good to see a bounce back from uh, from Cricky after he did not have a great game in Des Moines last week. He goes off for a double-double, 17-12 and 12 for him. Also three assists from the big man. Uh, good to see that. Patrick McCaffrey's looked a little more comfortable, a little bit more engaged over the last couple of games. 14 points, two rebounds, two assists in the game. Still waiting for that second offensive rebound of the season. Yes, of the season for six foot nine Patrick McCaffrey. He's got one on the year, but more involved in there a little bit more and just showed a more. This team came back, got some stops defensively, but here's the thing that frustrated me after the game. So France talking to Jess Settles, you know, it's going to be a throwaway conversation, right? Not a whole lot to it. Fran talking to an old Iowa basketball player. They're going to have a couple of yucks and Fran will go back to the locker room. He, he was fired up and he was ticked off about the defensive effort, uh, how it lulled throughout the game, the awful start that they had, not getting out, getting into space. And it pissed me off. And it did for this reason. Fran, I love Fran. Put that caveat out there. If you're with us for the first time, I have been a long defender of Fran McCaffrey, and I will continue to be. Look, this season likely is not going to go well. It's not going to culminate in what would be the seventh consecutive NCAA tournament team for Iowa basketball. That's not going to happen, I don't believe, with this group. But, I'm a believer in Fran and what he's done. And keep getting to the tournament, it's eventually going to happen. I, I have the concerns. The next level for Iowa is likely not a level up, it's a level down. That aside, Fran's talking about the defense. Look, this is not a one-year thing. It's not because they're playing four freshmen. That's not what this is. This has been a program long issue. Outside of the upperclassmen years for Adam Woodbury and Mike Cassell in that group and Sap Clemens, this has been a bad defensive team every other year. So 12 of the 14 years have been bad, and this year's bad again. Yet he's had opportunities to go out there and bring in a real defensive coach and change what they do on the defensive end of the floor, and he hasn't done it. It doesn't change. It's still the same garbage. Their inability to hedge correctly, their inability to play the point guard, open shooters all over the place. This has been a year-in, year-out problem for Iowa basketball. So Fran can sit there kicking and screaming, Fran, you're the coach. You're the one that could have done something. You're the one that could have brought in somebody else to help with the defense. And he didn't do it. That's on you. That's on you, Fran. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen 
every day. Lockdown has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's Lockdown Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel while you're there on youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button for us as well greatly appreciate it and helps us get in front of more hawkeye fans mention Lashawn daniels and he will be with us tomorrow on lockdown hawkeyes will get his perspective on the two new running backs coming into the iowa running back room the offense offensive coordinator search and we get ready for the bowl game plus it's christmas time little Christmas cheer right around the corner. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.